This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to the TML Risk Pool Stronger Together podcast, what we're calling the STP series. I'm your host, Scott Houston. You may know me from my work as TML's general counsel, but I'm now in a new role as your Risk Pool member liaison. That's a fancy title, but all it really means is that I'm here to help protect you, your employees, your citizens, and your property, all while saving money by avoiding pitfalls before they turn into a claim. With so much information to learn and so little time to learn it, we want to provide you with a regular podcast that you can listen to in 15 minutes or less. I'll stick close to the same format each time. I'll give you an overview of the laws or risk pool programs that are relevant to local governments. Sometimes we'll hear from special guests, and then I'll give you a few action items at the end to make sure you're getting everything you can from our partnership. Each time we do one of these, we'll have detailed links to written information to go along with your action items. Welcome to episode three, sanitary sewage backups, know before you go. Okay, so I'm sitting here looking at photos of what can happen when a sanitary sewer system causes a backup into someone's home. I just Googled it and I'm looking at it now. I know you're just listening and can't see these photos that I'm looking at, but just close your eyes for a minute, unless you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your eyes open. Okay, if you've got your eyes closed, try and picture in your mind's eye a volcanic eruption from your toilet that can't be turned off. Can you see that? That's something you never want to experience in real life. But, as the common phrase goes, it happens. Let's talk for a minute about how a sanitary sewer system works, how the courts view this issue, and then touch very briefly on how the pool's coverage works as well. This, sh- uh, uh, this stuff is actually fascinating. What to do with sewage has been a challenge since humans first started living in cities for literally thousands of years. But the conveyance technology hasn't changed all that much in that time. Most sanitary sewer lines are gravity-fed through lines that always head downhill to the treatment center. Of course, we now have the technology using motor-driven pumps, lift stations, and other equipment to move it uphill. What makes sewage back up from the main lines into a home or business? As amazing as our public works people are, things can and do go wrong. Things like roots or shifting can cause lines to break, grease can clog up lines, lift stations and other equipment can fail, heavy rains can fill and overload the system, and that list goes on and on. If that happens, if sewer backs up into a home or business, is your local government liable? Well, as with all legal questions, it depends on how it happened. The paper that accompanies this podcast has lots of detail on this, but I want to touch just on the basics of the Tort Claims Act. And you'll hear me talk about that law in many, many of these podcasts. It's the primary state law that says whether your local government is liable or not for any number of activities that you undertake. So how does it work? You always start with the premise that your local government is immune from a lawsuit. That's something called governmental immunity. And it basically says you're not liable for anything. 
Governmental immunity is a form of sovereign immunity, which the term came from ye old England and was described frequently as the king can do no wrong. With that in mind, the Tort Claims Act essentially does this. It can waive your immunity for certain governmental functions that you perform, meaning that you may be liable for property damages or injury or death, depending on the function that's being done. I'm not going to talk to you today about injury or death because sewer backups don't usually cause that. They usually just make a mess of a person's home or business and the stuff inside of it. For what we're talking about today, the Act waives immunity for, quote, sanitary storm sewers and, quote, water and sewer service. But before the waiver happens, certain conditions have to be met. For property damages, the law says this. A governmental unit in this state is liable for property damage proximately caused by the wrongful act or omission or the negligence of an employee acting within his scope of employment if the property damage arises from the operation or use of a motor-driven vehicle or motor-driven equipment and the employee would be personally liable to the claimant according to Texas law. Think about what I just read. A local government will typically be liable for a backup only if an employee negligently caused it, and then only if he or she was using motor-driven equipment or a vehicle to do so. Think about what usually happens to back up a sewer line. It's usually a break or a clog or something that the employee had no part in, and in fact, nothing that they could even have known about. When that's the case, which again is most of the time, the local government usually is not liable. And if the local government isn't liable, some used to say that you couldn't pay a private person for cleanup, even if you wanted to. Also, if your entity isn't liable, your general liability pool coverage may not pay out to that private person either. In 2009, after a number of these backups made the news, legislators got tired of hearing the technical argument that we aren't liable for this, so we can't pay for it. That year, the legislature passed a law that allows cities and some river authorities to pay these claims even if you aren't otherwise liable. And shortly after that, the pool created supplemental sewage backup coverage as an endorsement that you can add to your existing coverage. If you have that supplemental coverage, it may work to pay the private property owner for their damages up to certain caps. We're now going to be talking to Scott Spence, a claims adjuster for over 30 years who's been with the pool for 15 years. Scott, tell us the on-the-ground reasons the pool created its additional endorsement for sewage backups. It was listening to members, and, and members were trying to find a way, it seemed like, to kind of fill that gap of, yeah, immunities there, but maybe the city just, you know, there is a backup, and it's in the city's main line. It's not in the claimant's line, and city feels very bad about that. And we, we're dealing with a lot of small cities that bump into their citizens in the grocery store at the ball game at the PTA meeting, whatever. And it's just, it's a real strained situation when it's clear where the suits came from. What do these claims typically look like? The level of flooding of sewer main affluent coming back into these homes can be minimal. It can just be gurgling out of the toilets, showers, and, and maybe spills on the floor a little bit, cleaned up, everything's great. But a number of claims, we're talking flooding three or four bedrooms or, or the whole house or a good portion of the house. And that gets really sticky, I mean, in, in so many different ways. 
you know, so the first thing we do is we work with these homeowners, whether it's going to be paid or not, just try to help guide them through, have you dried your house out? Has it been disinfected? Have you called, uh, if it's really bad, you know, have you called Serpro or Blackman Morinstein, a stomatic or, or something like that? It's nasty. Nobody wants it. You know, I wouldn't want it at my house. <laughs> you know, these claimants are rightfully very upset. So we try to calm them. From the member's perspective, it really helps out. I mean, it's, it's something that the, the member wants, you know, when they recognize that the sewage originates that the cause, the blockage, the stoppage was in the city main and not in the claimant's lateral or service line. City wants to help, but Texas Tort Claims Act, immunity, no waiver of immunity if there's no motorized or motor-driven equipment use. So many of these claims don't get paid. But if the member has this supplemental sewage backup coverage, there's a heightened chance that there'll be some financial help. Is there anything else you'd want to say that you'd need members to know? The main thing is by adding this coverage, it's not a guarantee of payment. It just closes a gap that is a specific gap. I mean, it's it's specified whatever's in the endorsement specifies there has to be a clog in the city main that caused this backup. That's like the first requirement. Then there's a couple of exclusionary lines, like if this was a 25-year rain event or something like that, or if the claimant files litigation, there's no coverage. The last thing is there's a participatory clause to it, and, and that is the homeowner, if they have coverage, they have to utilize that coverage. We'll reimburse up to the limits of coverage, but we'll reimburse their deductible if they had one. And then perhaps any excess. So their coverage might be 5000 and the loss was 10000 And they've got a 250 deductible. So we'll pay them the 250 deductible. And then we might pay them that extra five on top of the five that they had with their own homeowner's carrier. Thanks for that great insight, Scott, into how this pool coverage works. Okay, what are your action items from this episode? Action item one, this one's easy. Just remember that in spite of that colloquial saying, shit actually can flow uphill in a sewer system. And then action item two, which is the main one, it may make sense to look back and see if you've had this happen before. If so, you may want to speak to your TML risk pool member services manager to ensure that you have the coverage that's best for you. That's it in a nutshell. Just remember to know before you go. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.